Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It felt like my brain was going to explode. Nature's deadliest organisms. Is this it? Is this where I'm going to lose my child? They can hijack our bodies. We didn't know what to do next. Disable our immune systems. Once infected, victims can literally bleed to death. And eat us from within. That's when I really started to freak out. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Carla and Michael Rausch live in Peoria, Arizona. Carla is a hairdresser. Michael is a bank manager. And they have two fun-loving boys, Ethan and Emmett. But family life hasn't always been smooth. Emmett was born uh, at 28 weeks, 2 pounds, 13 ounces. He spent his first three months of his life in the hospital. He was small, as most preemies are, but he was reaching most of his um, developmental milestones. I was very happy. A year later, Carla and Michael plan a party for Emmett's first birthday. The morning of the birthday party, Emmett was fussy, so I took his temp, and sure enough, he had 102 fever. When Emmett gets a fever, it's always more alarming to me with him being a premature baby. So while Carla prepares for the birthday party, Michael takes Emmett to urgent care. The doctor listened to his heart and his breathing. The doctor just told us that he probably just had some kind of viral infection. She just pretty much told us to keep a good eye on him. Much to his relief, Michael takes Emmett home. There, Carla gives the boy some children's acetaminophen, and the family celebrates his first birthday. But the next morning, Carla notices something is amiss with her son. 
But I'd try feeding him like his fruit in the morning. He would take a bite and then get angry and cough it up and cry. I decided to give him some electrolyte fluid in a bottle just to keep him hydrated. He took it a little bit, but again, would resist it. And this wasn't normal for Emmett. The next day, Emmett develops another symptom. He started producing a cough. His cough at first sounded like an average cough, but as the day progressed, it got deeper and heavier. I thought that there was something more serious than a cold going on. So Carla decides to take Emmett to the doctor. As I'm driving, I'm focused on the road. Then I began to hear him cough. It sounded awful. I look back, and I noticed that Emmett had bright red blood all over his chin and running down his shirt. It was terrifying. It looked like something was inflicting pain inside of him. Immediately, Carla rushes Emmett to the nearest hospital. ER physician hooked him up to all the monitors to watch his respiratory rate and his um, pulse saturations throughout his body and decides to put him on a breathing treatment. Doctors use a nebulizer to open Emmett's air passages. But after 30 minutes of treatment, Emmett's oxygen levels dip and his heart rate skyrockets. The physician was concerned that he had a possible pneumonia. Pneumonia is a lung infection that causes the air sacs to fill up with fluid, leading to difficulty in breathing. In children and those with compromised immune systems, it can be fatal. I was getting nervous because pneumonia was going to mean hospitalization. To confirm the diagnosis, doctors prepare Emmett for a chest X-ray. At that moment, I was just hoping that we would get an answer. The technician performs the x-rays and shows Carla the scan. To their surprise, Emmett's lungs are clear, but there is something in the boy's esophagus. I was shocked. Looked humongous. All I remember is it just shining right back at me in the x-ray. It was terrifying. The technician sends Carla and Emmett to the triage room while the doctor and radiologist analyze the x-ray. Minutes later, the doctor comes in with a horrifying conclusion. The physician said that it was very dangerous and they already had an ambulance on the way to take us to the children's hospital. The radiologist identified a serial number on the object. Emmett had swallowed a button battery. In Emmett's esophagus, bodily fluids surrounded the battery, triggering an electrical current. This current generates hydroxide a toxic chemical that can cause serious tissue burns after as little as two hours of exposure. For about two days, the chemical has burned through the esophagus all the way into Emmett's windpipe. I remember just saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and the look on Emmett's face was just painful. It was almost um, defeat. It's still so real, sorry. <laughs> Every year in the United States, more than 3,500 people of all ages swallow button batteries. And in the past six years, at least nine people have died as a result. I called my husband immediately and told him what was going on. I dropped everything at work and rushed to the hospital. I was uh, frantic. I was just really scared. Paramedics rush Emmett to Phoenix Children's Hospital. 
There, they meet with pediatric trauma surgeon, Dr. Craig Egan. Batteries can burn through the esophagus, and then it can burn through the aorta, in which case, then the patient could bleed to death. Dr. Egan immediately takes the boy into pediatric surgery, leaving Michael and Carla in the waiting room. We were really scared at that point. We were in tears. It was a really emotional time. In the OR, Dr. Egan directs an endoscopic camera down Emmett's esophagus. What he sees doesn't look good. The inside of the esophagus literally looks like somebody had um, put a firecracker in there. The battery was stuck to the tissues inside the esophagus because of the burn. For an hour, Dr. Egan delicately wrestles with the foreign object. The battery was only a few millimeters away from the aorta, so we dodged a bullet. But Emmett's situation is still dire. The hole in his esophagus is allowing the saliva and gastric acid to enter his lungs, which can be fatal. Dr. Egan wheels Emmett to ICU to put him on a ventilator and breaks the bad news to the family. It was devastating. I wasn't... Sorry. I wasn't ready to lose him yet. I was trying to be the comforting husband, but it was tough. It's hard to be that when he's also your little baby and he's struggling. I was pretty scared, too. When the operation is over, Michael and Carla walk into the ICU to see their boy. Carla and I were crying. It was tough to see that our son was suffering so bad. I told him he needed to fight. We were going to fight with him. I felt just anger with myself. How did I not know my child got a hold of a button battery? I don't even remember purchasing one. Where did it come from? After going home and looking around my house, I saw a remote control to our DVD player with the back off. What I believed happened is the back fell off, and Emmett put the batteries to his mouth, like all kids put things to their mouths. After doing some research, we found that the batteries kind of have a tingling sensation when put in the mouth. I believe he just kind of liked the feeling of the tingling and kept sucking on it and ultimately swallowed it. I never imagined that a battery could do this much damage. Later that night, Carla is with Emmett in the ICU. Emmett's coughing and coughing, and all of a sudden you can see his chest tighten, and he is panicking. I can see it in his eyes. He's screaming at me, but he can't talk. And the next thing I know, his hand goes up to his breathing tube, and he pulls it out, and his numbers go zero. He's not breathing, and his heart rate stops. People rush in, hollering at each other, trying to figure out what's going on. Is this it? Is this where I'm going to lose my child? When one-year-old Emmett Rausch swallowed a button battery, it burned a hole in his esophagus, almost killing him. In the OR, surgeons remove the battery, but the night after the operation, his vitals flatline. He's not breathing, and his heart rate stops. Doctors rush to replace Emmett's breathing tube, and his condition stabilizes. As soon as I could hear the beeping of his heart rate again, that's when I was able to take a breath again and realize, okay, he's okay. But the relief is short-lived. 
Two weeks later, Dr. Egan takes Emmett into surgery to reconstruct the hole in his esophagus. But the operation is unsuccessful. To prevent gastric acids from leaking into his lungs, Dr. Egan cuts out two inches of the baby's esophagus and reroutes it out the side of his neck. One of the hardest things I've ever seen is Emmett's body. After that, he didn't look like Emmett. I just felt like I was hit by a truck. We were just devastated. It was, it was heartbreaking for us. To keep the ailing boy alive, doctors place a feeding tube in his stomach, allowing the inflammation in his chest to subside. Five months later, doctors are able to repair Emmett's esophagus. But it isn't a complete success. Emmett's esophagus repeatedly tears as he endures 17 more surgeries over six more months. Today, Emmett is still recovering from the damage done by the button battery. The doctors don't really know what the long-term prognosis is. The hope is to get everything healed and then get him to start swallowing and, and being able to take some food by mouth. He, for some reason, is supposed to be here, and we will continue to fight with him and tell him to keep fighting. There's a purpose for him to being here, and as his parents, we're going to try to help him fulfill that. As more electronic devices that use button batteries enter the market, the incidence of people ingesting those batteries also increases. To prevent children from accidentally ingesting them, keep button batteries out of their reach. And make sure that the battery compartments in any electronic devices that they have access to are securely fastened. If there's any suspicion that someone may have swallowed a button battery, seek immediate medical attention. Oh my God, am I gonna die? Am I gonna lose my daughter here? Is this gonna be the end? 21-year-old Carla McPhee is a university student from Ajax, Canada. She is close with her mother, Anne-Marie, and father, Gary. Carla lives off campus with her childhood friend, Aaron. Being a university student, I really began to mature and, and experience a different side of life. I was looking for a path of self-discovery, for a different way to express myself and find out who I was. We were having a great time in college, spreading our wings, trying new things. When Carla went away to school, she was doing her own thing. You need to have your kids mature. But deep down inside, you're wondering, how is she going to get by? Will she do okay? Little do they know that Carla's independent spirit is about to get a reality check. It was my last year. I was in the library working on an assignment, and my head started to ache. I would get headaches from time to time, and so I thought it was just another headache. Several hours pass, but the headache does not. When I got home, I still had the headache, so I decided to take painkillers. And I went to bed. But the next morning, when I woke up, it was a pounding headache. Not something I would typically get. It was definitely more severe and really painful. I was surprised that it hadn't gone away. And two days later, the headache is still there. I was in class, 
and I was having trouble concentrating. The pain was getting a lot worse. It was all over my head. So I ended up going home early that day. At this point, I'm starting to get worried. To have such a bad headache for three days was definitely out of the norm for me. So the next day, Carla stays home. I was sitting on the couch watching TV with a friend. All of a sudden, this commercial that I was watching made me feel funny. Then I heard multiple songs that I knew, but I couldn't decipher what it was. It was a really strange feeling. It was almost as if I was hallucinating, but not visually. It was like an, it was an audible hallucination, a weird phenomenon. I turned to my friend and I, I asked her if the commercial made her feel funny too. And she thought I was crazy. I was really starting to get scared. I knew something was wrong. I felt terrible and I went up to Erin to ask her for help. Carla slowly walks in and uh, her head's twitching to the left. She had this vacant look in her eyes and she says, Erin, I'm feeling funny. I feel like I'm going to die. My heart skipped a beat, and I knew immediately that this was serious. So I called 911 right away. The operator asked if we had been drinking or doing any drugs. I said no, she hadn't taken any drugs. And then the operator wanted to speak to Carla. The operator was asking me how old I was, and I told her I was 19 but I was really 21. My brain knew I was 21, I just couldn't get out the right answer. I kept saying I was 19. And that's when I really started to freak out. So I was looking out for the ambulance, and I looked back to check up on Carla, and I was shocked to see her entire body shaking. Her head was slumped, her arms and legs were quivering, and her eyes were rolling in the back of her head. I was just thinking, what's happening to my friend? The last thing I remember was, oh my God, am I going to die? 21-year-old university student Carla McPhee has been suffering severe headaches for three days. She is home with her roommate Aaron when things come to a head. Paramedics rush Carla to the nearest hospital. Aaron calls Carla's parents with the news. I thought, oh my God, what's going on with Carla? What's happening? My wife and I were both fearing the worst. When Gary and his wife arrive at the hospital, Carla's condition has deteriorated further. The doctors told us that Carla had a grand mal seizure. A grand mal seizure is caused by unusual electrical activity in the brain, often resulting in violent muscle contractions and loss of consciousness. For many sufferers, what triggers the electrical change remains a mystery. In extreme cases, grand mal seizures can be fatal. We were really upset. The doctor said that Carla would need a CAT scan to identify exactly what was going on in her brain. But it was a Friday night, and they wouldn't be able to do it locally until Monday. We chose to bring Carla home with us. The intent was to get her in to see a neurologist on Monday. Doctors provide anti-seizure medication, and Gary and his wife take her home. But it's not long before Carla begins to feel unwell again. I heard that song that I couldn't quite put my finger on, 
And I knew that my body wanted to have a seizure, but the medication was preventing it. I was like, oh my gosh, that can't be happening again. We have to do something about this. You could tell there was something going on. We knew we needed to get to the bottom of this now. That night, Carla's parents rush her to their local hospital. Doctors put her on a morphine drip to help quell the pain and order a CAT scan of her brain. The ER doctor came in and had the results of the CT scan. There was a large marble-sized mass in Carla's brain, and it, it could indeed be cancerous. I was crying. My mom was crying. She left the room. She couldn't handle it. My dad was trying to keep it together, but we were all just stunned and shaken to the core with emotion. When the doctor says your daughter might have brain cancer, that's awful, awful news. I mean, she's still a kid in my eyes. Am I going to lose my daughter here? Is this going to be the end? It was Carla that was the first to show some strength and say, I'm going to fight this. Doctors transfer Carla to a hospital in Toronto that specializes in brain surgery. While she is waiting for surgery, doctors put her on anti-seizure medication and a morphine drip to ease her pain. But the morphine is not enough. It felt like my brain was going to explode. Carla fights through the pain with her parents by her side. I remember my dad putting cold compresses on my head to help subside the pain. She just was not getting much sleep. She was just tossing and turning and it's like, like she was having nightmares. It was just an awful night. But things are about to get worse. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She just literally sat up in bed and just yelled the word pain. And if that doesn't send a chill through you, nothing else will. We went and got a hold of the nurse. And she put some morphine into her IV to try and help her. The increase in morphine works, and Carla sleeps through the next morning. We were feeling good. Now she's finally getting the sleep that she needs. And we walked out, and we just shared with the day nurse that Carla's really finally in a deep sleep. She went right up to Carla's bedside, called her name, but couldn't get a reaction. And I remember watching her pinch Carla's finger, trying to get Carla to wake up, but didn't get a reaction. She pulls a code blue signal, and all hell broke loose at that point. I was thinking we just lost our daughter. Doctors have found a suspicious mass in Carla McPhee's brain. But before they can remove the mass, Carla falls into a mysterious coma. She literally wasn't breathing. So they immediately had to intubate her and get her breathing again. We were moments away from losing her. Then, Carla's surgeon relates even more horrific news. Carla's brain has swelled to the point that it's going down her brainstem, and her pupils are blown. She said there was a good chance that Carla will die, which just scared the hell out of us. Doctors put Carla on a gurney and rush her into emergency surgery. I was really wondering whether we'll ever see Carla alive. Dr. Richard Martinello is a pediatric infectious disease specialist at the Yale School of Medicine. If there's too much swelling in the brain, it could shut off the blood supply to parts of the brain, and that could lead to strokes and ultimately to death. Anytime the brain is cut into, there's risk that brain tissue itself is going to be damaged. Brain surgery is a scary thing. What are we left with? Will, will she know us? Will, will it be the daughter that we had before she went for surgery? To gain access to the mysterious mass, surgeons must remove a portion of Carla's skull. But what Carla's surgeon finds isn't cancer. The surgeon found a pus-filled abscess in her brain. An abscess is a collection of immune cells, pus, and other material that accumulate in the body as the result of an infection. Brain abscesses are rare, but when they do occur and then rupture, they are fatal in 80% of cases. Brain abscesses are very difficult to treat and can be potentially fatal. I really became frightened that this was much bigger than I thought we were going to have to deal with. I wasn't ready for that news. I wasn't prepared. To find out what is causing the abscess, doctors drain some pus from the infected area and send it to the lab for testing. Fortunately, Carla has no adverse effects from the surgery, and doctors place her in quarantine. When we first see Carla, 
the size of the scar, um, it's monstrous. It, I mean, it, it is literally the full side of, the, of her skull. For two days, doctors administer broad-spectrum antibiotics. Then the lab results come back. The doctor told us that the infection in her brain was caused by a streptococcus malaria. Streptococcus milleri is a bacterium commonly found in the mouth and gastrointestinal tract. Streptococcus usually causes nothing more than a sore throat. But in Carla's case, the bacteria have invaded her brain. To fend off the infection, the body sends white blood cells to attack the bacteria. The accumulation of dead cells leads to the formation of pus, which the body walls off by forming an abscess. This abscess is putting excess pressure on Carla's brain, and that is threatening her life. In some cases, Streptococcus milleri can enter the bloodstream and attack vital internal organs, including the lungs and the brain. Each year in the United States, there are about 10,000 cases of invasive streptococcal infection, of which up to 1,800 are fatal. I was horrified. How did I get this bacterial infection? Carla's doctors try to figure out how this could have happened. When they looked over my medical records, they noticed that I had a tongue ring. It's then that Carla recalls a rash decision she made 10 months earlier. I had a friend studying in France, and I went to go visit her. One day, we happened to walk by a tattoo parlor, and I thought, hey, maybe it's a fun idea to get my tongue pierced. They clamped my tongue and pierced my tongue with a huge needle, and it hurt. It was fun having it in my mouth. I would play with it and move it back and forth, and I had I enjoyed it. I don't like piercings to begin with. I wasn't happy that my daughter had one. Doctors suspect Carla's tongue piercing is how the strep bacteria first entered her body. With the tongue pierced, Streptococcus milleri bacteria could use the wound as a gateway to the bloodstream, and from there, a route to her brain. I was shocked. I didn't know that that could happen. Carla's doctors intravenously administer a cocktail of antibiotics to attack the remaining bacteria in her brain. Over the next three weeks, Carla is able to fight off the infection, and eventually she goes home. That was a pretty exciting moment. She was starting to look like the daughter we knew and loved. I started to have my personality back. I couldn't believe what I'd gone through and what I'd survived. Today, Carla leads a normal life. Since then, I graduated from university. I got married, I'm working in HR, and I couldn't be happier. I would say Carla probably just had a bad stroke of luck, but you know, she's a trooper. She got through it. And Carla hasn't forgotten how one moment of youthful exuberance came back to haunt her. It was unbelievable that a spur-of-the-moment decision to get my tongue pierced nearly cost me my life. 36% of college-age males and 62% of college-age females have body piercings. It's thought that as the popularity of body art grows, the frequency and spectrum of medical complications from piercing may also rise. 
Anyone experiencing significant pain, swelling, fever, or drainage from a piercing site should seek immediate medical attention. My brain wanted to explode. It was killing me. We didn't know what to do next. People can start bleeding to death. Thirty-four-year-old Jeanette Potter lives in Macedon, New York, with her husband Justin and their two kids. Justin works in real estate, and Jeanette is a district manager for an information publisher. When they're not juggling work and family, Jeanette and Justin love to travel. We love to be on the ocean. We love warm places. Try to get as far away from reality as possible. The Caribbean, Mexico are our two favorite locations to go. Late one summer, the Potters head to a new destination for a friend's wedding. We had never been to Key West before, and we were excited to go down there and see it. The week was a party, and every night we would go out on the town, hang out, drink, have fun. It was great. As they get ready to leave for home, Jeanette notices something strange. I had a headache, and I just felt out of sorts, not feeling good, just uncomfortable. We just figured that it was from the travels that we were dealing with. That evening, the Potters finally arrived back home in Macedon. I didn't feel good. My head still hurt, and just wanted to veg on the couch. I was gonna just see if a, a good night's sleep would fight this off. The next morning, Jeanette's headache still hasn't gotten better. In spite of this constant pain, she carries on and heads into work. But around midday, she notices a new symptom. I was going to the restroom, and my urine was cloudy and had that unusual smell that you would assume that would be a urinary tract infection. It's common with me, and I know what they are. So Jeanette goes to see her general practitioner, Dr. Adrian Cross Trout. Initially, she came in and she was having headache. Fever. She was complaining of foul-smelling urine, and all those symptoms for her were indicative of urinary tract infections that she had had in the past. Doctor Trout prescribes a three-day course of antibiotics. I was like, "Okay, great, I can get rid of this. It's a quick fix with an antibiotic." But two days later, there's still no improvement. I was dizzy and disoriented, and to walk to the bathroom, it was. It was a challenge. I noticed that she was having to, you know, grab the counter to kind of balance herself out. I hadn't seen that before. There was definitely something going on. And Jeanette's condition is about to get worse. I could feel my heartbeat in my eyes. Just to move my eyes made my head hurt. That throbbing pain. It was indescribable. How bad I felt. And I knew that there was something seriously wrong with me. It was, it was literally killing me. Jeanette returns to Doctor Trout, who conducts a neurological exam called a Romberg test. What we do is we have someone close their eyes and see if their brain can still determine where they are in space. So when she did that, she swayed backwards. She felt like she was falling, and it was clear that something serious was going on. Right away, Justin picks up Jeanette and rushes her to the hospital. She looked deathly ill. 
we don't know what's wrong with her. I mean, for all I know, it could be a terminal disease. And that, that scared me. At the hospital, doctors are concerned she may have meningitis and order a spinal tap. I could actually feel the needle scraping against one of my bones. And it was just the most unimaginable pain on top of the pain that I was already in. She was moaning. You could see her toes cramping up from all the pain that she was in from the spinal tap. I couldn't imagine what she was going through. Before the results come back, Jeanette's condition worsens. The pain now had moved into my bones. It was excruciating. Every bone was hurting so bad in her body that she was in agony. Eight hours later, the ER physician returns with the spinal tap results. The ER doctor said that Jeanette didn't have spinal meningitis. The doctor gave me no diagnosis. They gave me no medicine. That's when I become extremely frustrated. In fact, doctors discharged Jeanette from the hospital. When we left the ER, we didn't have any answers yet, and we didn't know what to do next. As soon as we got home, she didn't leave the bed. Lying there in bed, Jeanette's mind starts to race. How long is this going to last? Am I going to live the rest of my life with this pain? What if this is going to kill me? The next day, Jeanette notices something on her legs. Lying in bed, I noticed I had some red dots on me, and I was very upset about it. I just didn't know what was going on, and that severely concerned me. Desperate for answers, Jeanette returned to Dr. Trout's office the following morning. She had an unusual rash, which is called petechiae. Petechiae are pinpoint-sized spots that appear on the skin as the result of internal bleeding. Determined to crack the case, Dr. Trout pours over Jeanette's recent medical history. With the petechiae, her travel history, the fever, this unusual weird headache, I was now realizing that something viral is happening, something infectious. And another round of blood tests finally reveals the cause of Jeanette's condition. I call Jeanette and I tell her that it's likely that she has dengue fever. Dengue fever is a viral disease that is common in tropical parts of the world. Inside Jeanette's body, the dengue virus has attacked the cells lining the blood vessels. The virus invades them, reproducing inside of them, and then destroys them. This causes the blood vessels to rupture, leading to internal bleeding and Jeanette's petechiae. This is what caused her petechial hemorrhaging. In the worst case scenario, people can start bleeding to death. But there is worse news. There's no treatable medication for dengue fever. I could die from this. It was scary. Dr. Trout tells Jeanette that the only thing that can save her is her own immune system. How long is this going to go on? How long is she going to have her body aching every waking moment? I thought she could die. So how did Jeanette become infected with this unusual virus? The dengue virus is spread by infected mosquitoes. When an infected mosquito bites a human, the dengue virus enters the individual's bloodstream. And when an uninfected mosquito takes a blood meal from an infected human, the virus enters the mosquito and travels to its salivary glands where it multiplies. 
Once a mosquito is infected with the dengue virus, it carries it for life. Jeanette recalls an incident in Key West three weeks earlier. We were sitting and hanging out and having a cocktail, and I had to look down at the top of my foot, and there's a mosquito biting my foot. I just sat there and watched it bite me. The Centers for Disease Control confirmed that Jeanette is the first person known to have contracted dengue fever in the U.S. in over 65 years. Since the 1940s, dengue fever has been almost entirely absent from the United States. But in recent years, the number of reported cases has increased. It's thought that as global temperatures rise, infected mosquitoes from tropical regions are migrating north into the continental U.S., including parts of Texas and Florida. At home, Jeanette remains in bed. Lying there, she looked, she looked dead. She was, she was there mentally, but she just didn't look like it was her. I was still so frustrated laying there and not being able to do anything. But after two weeks of recuperation, Jeanette finally begins to notice a change. Waking up one morning, there was a turning point that my body was, was starting to, to get back to normal. It was a huge relief. We were finally getting through this. Now we can get back to our normal lives and get back on track again. Jeanette's own immune system has defeated the insidious dengue virus. I don't want to have the possibility of being infected again. We're not going to stop traveling. However, the Potters have a new outlook on travel. When we go down to the Caribbean, we're going to be wearing bug spray from now on. Dengue fever is the most common mosquito-borne viral disease, and in recent years, it has become a major international public health concern. Globally, 2.5 billion people live in areas where the dengue virus is prevalent. The best way to avoid infection is to use deep-based repellent when traveling to endemic areas such as Southeast Asia, South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.